Hill Show. You're listening to The Greg Hill Show on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Final hour of The Greg Hill Show here on WEEI. Adam Jones in for Greg. We got Wiggy. We got Courtney. We're here until 10. When Gresham Fourier take over, uh, I'm sure they'll be getting into Jack Jones, which we've been discussing all morning and really for large parts of the last couple of days at 617-779-7937. We're going to talk about the Red Sox, though. 9-3 win last night in Minnesota. Huge at bat by Verdugo in the sixth inning to blow the game open. Uh, big outing by James Paxton yet again. Red Sox have won five straight. They're a game and a half out of the playoffs. And, uh, well, they're now three games over 500 for what feels like the first time in a while, Rob Bradford is going to join us on the Harbor One Hotline. He's presented by McFarlane Energy, the home oil and HVAC company that Greater Boston, the North Shore, and all of Cape Cod depend on. See McFarlaneEnergy.com for more. And by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. Rob Bradford, our Red Sox insider here on the Greg Hill Show. Uh, Rob, I'm, I'm curious, how much of this win streak and turnaround for the Red Sox do you equate back to what at least I perceive to be a sit-down between Bloom and Coral when things weren't going well, and they made some decisions, some lineup decisions that seem to have turned things around. How much of this success, this streak, is due to that sit-down between those two? Well, first of all, good morning, Adam. Good morning. Always good to talk to you. And, and Wiggy, how are you? I am doing well, Mr. Bradford. How are you doing? One? Can I get one from you, Wiggy? You certainly can. It is McFarlane. <laughs> and Courtney, welcome back. I hope your trip was excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much. When you wanted an extra pour at the uh, vineyard, what did you yell? I yelled, McFarlane. <laughs> Sorry, I have a little bit of a cold. Are we getting was... like any cut of this, Bradford? <clears throat> like, can we get a little bit of like, you yeah, know. you know what? We all get to keep our jobs. That's what we do. So, <laughs> and we get, to, we get to prop up some very fine people at McFarlane. Yeah. But right. Bradford's our breadwinner. <laughs> <laughs> Bradford gets all the money. Yeah. You notice that? Yeah. And yeah. all the trips. You notice this that? Is, he was in New York. We, we're for not like... taking, we're not ta- I'm not taking any, any baseball. And boring trips to Nashville, unfortunately. No, you were in New York for like a week, yes. Brad. Folk. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. Just check, uh, just check so, your guns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Adam, to to your point about, uh, I guess, like you say, sit down with Bloom or, or Cora. I think that really what it was is that they needed they need to make some adjustments. I don't know if if saying, "Hey, Kike Hernandez, you're not playing shortstop all the time." And Tristan Cassis, you're going to sit for basically what it came down to a day uh, was the be-all, end-all. But you, you, the problem is, is that while you're going down that road of being bad, you have to do something. And I think that since that time, the biggest thing really is that they've been playing better. I mean, they've just been playing better, whether it's because Pablo Reyes plays better shortstop or whether it's just because it woke some guys up, like Tristan Casas. I mean, he's having a great month of June. Woke some guys up, like Jaron Duran. You saw that. You know, you have the maybe waking Verdugo up after benching him a, what, a week or so ago. You know, the, all those three of those guys this month have been playing really, really good. And those guys are the guys that you need to actually do anything, as we saw for the last couple games. Bradford, but when you look at this run, and I, I feel like – you know what? I was a big part of starting this whole thing because I was at the game Friday night mm. where they absolutely demolished the Yankees. I was in attendance, so and I think that's when it all started. <laughs> but the one thing that I, I kind of feel like you're starting to see is that their pitching 
right? When you look at, especially the you know the starting pitching, you start to look at that, and that's starting to turn in the position where you're going, okay, if they can get that type of starting pitching, can they, you know, make a little bit of a run? Like, well, could they really I, make some noise? So, first of all, from here on in, I am going to the 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 checkpoint is when mm-hmm. Wiggy attended the game. Yes. Before and after. Before and after. We always have those moments in the season where we say what is going to happen after Wiggy goes through the game. Mm-hmm. And there you go. You're launching into great things. But also I, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And you look at that starting rotation and you look at Bayo and you look at Whitlock and you look at the Paxton. Certainly those guys right now as we sit here mm-hmm. are really, really good. And I think, but the thing problem is going forward, yeah, you've won five in a row, but you have to figure things out in the long term when it comes to the other two spots in that rotation. Cutter Crawford's there. You don't know what you're going to do in the other spot because Hauk is out. So, yeah, Wiggy, I mean, your presence is a great launching point, Uh but sustainability, you're going to have to basically go to every game from here (laughs) on in. Bradfo, when it comes to turning of the tides, you can also look at Verdugo. And Alex Cora did credit him for, you know, uh, playing up to the challenge. But he also said something that caught my ear where it was, you know, we don't know everything that's going on uh, when it comes to Verdugo. What do you take uh, when he says that? And what do you what do you credit to him being able to to make this change? Yeah, it's funny because I was having a conversation. I think it was, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And. Verdugo said something along those lines and, and you don't want to say, hey, well, tell me what's going on in your personal life. Or, and then his, we found out, and this is right around when he was benched, but he found out that his grandmother had died and, you know, we were sorry about that. So I asked him, I said, was that what you were talking about? He's like, no, that was just part of it. So I, I don't, you know, I can't tell you what it is because I can't, it's really not my place a lot of times to say, hey, you know, what's going on personally or what's the problem? But all I know is this, is that he's playing well. I mean, the fact is, is that you have five straight games of multi-hit games. You're sitting here, and I'm not, he's not Mookie Betts. But right now, he has better numbers than Mookie Betts. And for the Red Sox, that goes a long, long way. Because you needed, at the end of the day, whatever you got in that return, you needed that guy to be in the conversation for an all-star. And that's the player that Verdugo became. Does the injury to Tanner Houck add urgency for the Red Sox leading up to the trade deadline, or even now? I, mean, I, I know we're, what, six weeks out or five weeks out, whatever it is. Does it add any urgency for Bloom to go do something now? No, because I, I don't think that usually if you have any alternative, you, you do not make that trade right now because teams will hold it over your head. It's funny because, but isn't there something to be said for for giving yourself oh yeah. a longer a longer uh, you know uh, runway to, to make sure. the deal and, I mean, and for Bloom Pierce, yeah, look and for Steve Bloom Pierce. to even save his job, right? Like, I mean, I'd be making a deal now if I'm him. I'm not yeah, waiting but, this out. But, here, but here's the thing: is that it, until you absolutely feel like you have to do that, if the price is too high, then you don't do it. Steve Pierce was a sweet spot. You gave up. You know, at Santiago Espinal for a guy that you knew was a right-handed hitter, and that was extremely early. But that was still the end of June. I mean, there is a reason why trades across the board aren't being made right now. But I hear you. Like, if you feel like, hey, you don't, if you're going to slide and you desperately need that guy, then you make the move to get that guy. But because of the price tag of where things are at right now, especially, by the way, in the starting pitching market, the starting pitching market at the trade deadline is probably the thinnest position of any of the positions. And that's why if they do fall out of it, James Paxson's going to get you something. 
But the reason that you don't do it right now is because they probably can get by, as we've seen for the last week, without why trying to figure this out. If Cutter Crawford's going to be the guy, if you're going to be able to slot Pavetta in for one for that one spot in the rotation. And if it doesn't work out and you start going the other way, yeah, I mean, I'm all for making early moves. Bradford, when you look at this team and you start to say, okay, can they, based on kind of what Major League Baseball is, and I know Courtney and and Jones, we were all talking about this, I feel like if you can get in the postseason, baseball is the one sport where, you know, and and a a lower seed could beat a, a higher seed any day of the week. It's not like other sports. Do you feel like the Red Sox have enough if they get in the playoffs that they could beat like a team like Tampa? Well, here's the reality of exactly what you're saying is all you had to do was watch last night's game. And mm-hmm. the reason is because the Red Sox are a game and a half out of the wild card standings. If they get that third wild card, you know who they're playing? The Minnesota Twins. Mm. And, and so, and listen, the Minnesota Twins, we're going to find out the next couple nights. They got really, really good pitching. You, you, Pablo Lopez is a good pitcher, but the other two guys who are running out, Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan, are even better. So it, it would not be an easy out, even though you have a team that has the worse record than you. But still, that's the reality. If you get into that spot, you're facing the, the winner of the Central. And I would take that. I would think that you know you have enough, especially if you add something to it, you have enough at least to get through that run, that round. And then, you, like you said, I mean, who knows? The Rays, I mean, the Rays, as good as they are, What's their M.O.? Their M.O. is to wear out and not do anything in the postseason. So, yeah, so I think that you're on to something, Wiggy. But don't you think it's weird when you look at this team because we don't really know who they are? That's where our conversation started. Do you care about their opponent or do you just care about getting the wins and losses? Because when's the next time? Is it Toronto? When uh, when we when we see Toronto, we'll be able to get a better uh, understanding of how good this team could be. If they just keep rolling right now, and yeah, the Yankees, that was a great sweep, but then, you know, we're Twins, Marlins, White Sox. Texas, I would say, right? Well, yeah, I mean, the Marlins are really good this year, but I would say this, Courtney, is that it, nothing's changed in the in the bumper sticker version of the 2023 Red Sox. It's still 2023 Red Sox colon, maybe? You know, you still don't know. <laughs> I mean, you still have a ton of uncertainty. We, we, we don't know, and that's the problem. Now, they went on an unbelievable run last year at this time. I think it was like 20, sub, 20 and 6 or something like that. And so can they go on that run and, and change the conversation and then all of a sudden you are defining yourself? Like doesn't matter against what team? Yeah, I mean, you can do that. But to your point, you know, I think that there's still, no matter who you're playing, whether it's a good team, bad team, whatever it is, because they've lost to some, as we saw, Colorado, they stink. Like, they've, they've lost to some bad teams. You have to define what you are. Um, and, and, you know, I, right now what they are are a team that won five in a row, so that's a step forward. But, Bradford, can you say that about everybody like Baltimore, the Orioles, or even the Rangers, or you brought up a team like the Marlins? Can't you say maybe for all those teams? So isn't it when you're the Red Sox, aren't you in a good position as well? Because yeah, well, who, I mean, who do you really that, say is the dominant team in baseball? I don't think you can really say that. Even you brought up the Tampa Bay Rays. They might have the best record, but what are they? Yeah, they're still Tampa, yeah. Right. Right, and you're right. But as we sit here, all we can do is say, this is what we have from this season. And, and yeah, we can play that game, absolutely. I mean, the Red Sox won a series against the Diamondbacks. 
they're one of the best teams record-wise in the in the National League. I think they split against the Braves. Uh, one of the best, they are the best team in the National League. So you can play that game all day long. All we can go by is what we've seen so far. And what we've seen so far, when you talk about those teams, the Marlins, the Orioles, the Rangers, those sort of teams, they aren't going anywhere. They, they've been tested for the first almost three months of the season, and they've shown more consistency than the Red Sox have. The Red Sox now have to show the same consistency that those teams have. All right, he's Rob Bradford. You can check out his work at WEEI. You can also listen to the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Your latest guest was Eck, right? Yeah, Eck. Yeah. Oh, man. How, how awesome is he, right? Right. I mean, it just so, yeah, sit down with Eck yesterday uh, for yesterday's podcast, and we just dropped today's, which is uh, Charlie Blackman talking about a guy who's about to hit 400, Luis Arai. So, it's, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of time. But going back to Eck, oh, my goodness. I mean, it's, it's, we, we miss him so much. Such Great stories. Yeah, good stuff. All right, uh, Rob Bradford, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, all. See you. All right, Rob Bradford joins us as all our guests on the Harbor One Hotline. Uh, we'll talk to him next week on Tuesday at 9 o'clock each and every week here on the Greg Hill Show. I say I say we. I won't be a part of that. <laughs> Greg will be back then. Uh, Courtney and Wiggy will be there for it. Uh, speaking of Courtney, she has trending.